Hi, friends. Welcome to season two of Invest Your Best with Allie Kay. Come along as I casually explore what it takes for you to live your best life mentally, physically, and spiritually by focusing on the things you can control, your thinking and actions. Come and listen as I have raw, real, and open conversations about what it takes for you to step into action to live your best life. It's time to invest your best. Hey guys, welcome to the Invest Your Best podcast. I am your host, Allie Kay, and on this episode, I sit down with Ashley Kaywood. She is a full-time fitness trainer and health coach in Oklahoma, and I'm so excited to have her on because I was able to just pick her brain And what I found is that she is all about setting maintainable goals through maintainable habits for long-term success and happiness in her clients. And what she talks about is so achievable and realistic that you can start applying these things to your everyday life. So stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Invest Your Best podcast with Allie Kay. I am so excited because I have a fitness trainer and health coach, Ashley Kaywood from Oklahoma is on the show, and I'm just so excited to like pick your brain. So Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. From what I've seen on even just social media, I feel like we line up with so many basic fitness and diet ideas. So I'm really excited for us to kind of pick each other's brain with this. I'm really excited. Yes. I'm excited too. So I just want to know like a little bit about you. I love how you've made fitness your job. So obviously I know this is a passion of yours. How did you kind of get into this whole work? Yeah. So my degree is actually in health and exercise science. I got my certifications to be a personal trainer and a group trainer kind of halfway through college. So started fitness training Mm -hmm. halfway through college as a way to kind of pay for my degree. I really quickly picked up on both sides of the fitness industry, a really positive side that motivated me to pursue it full time. And the negative side of it, I feel like also pursued me or really motivated me to pursue it full time. The positive side being I could see in the group training gym that I was training at how much joy and how good of a release it was for so many people. But then I also saw a really toxic diet culture in today's world, Mm -hmm. a really toxic belief system in the fitness industry that I wanted to get my hands on and try to recreate as much as I could. So the more I learned about it on a science level in college, and the more I experienced it as a trainer in the group training gym I was training at, the more I was motivated to just fully pursue it. I wanted to try to change the negative side, like shine a light on the fitness industry. And I just really quickly knew like the negatives and the positives. This is what I want to do full time. I want to get my hands on as many 
clients as I can and make as big of a difference as I can in this industry. I love that. I think like even with the negative side of it, I think like fitness just has that negative connotation with it where people think like it's just for vanity reasons. It's because you're trying to accomplish like a certain look, you know, you're depriving yourself or you're punishing Mm -hmm. yourself to work out. And I think it's like when you really do see the positive side that it's not just for physical reasons, it's mental health reasons, it's spiritual like there's so many reasons why people work out is that kind of like how did you personally get into like getting motivated to keep up with fitness yeah I think a lot of when motivation finally kicked in for me because honestly I feel like I really experienced the negative side of fitness as well. And whenever I say negative, a lot of that is just setting really unrealistic expectation for ourselves. Going from, I never eat at home. I eat fast food always. I never work out. But starting tomorrow, (laughs) starting tomorrow, starting Monday, I'm going to work out five days a week eat nothing but lean meat and vegetables, just really unrealistic expectation. And I did that with myself so many times. So when the motivation really kicked in with me was whenever I got realistic with myself and told myself like, I am going to take the flexible dieting, realistic approach to this. If I make a mistake, that's okay. It's not the end. It's what you do 80% of the time. I really stand by that. So If I make a mistake, that is not the end of my journey. The mistakes really, truly are. That sounds so corny, but that really, truly is part of the journey is those mistakes, learning how to accept the mistakes and get back on track. So I feel like that really motivated me when I stopped being so hard on myself with the failures and just looked at the wide picture and wanting to be as on track, quote unquote, 80% of the time as I can, but then really enjoying that other 20% and allowing that other 20% to happen without getting upset with myself. Yeah, I love that. It's all about creating. That's what I say. It's like creating that sustainable lifestyle that works for you. And I always say that like, your bad days, which we all have bad days. I'm sure even, you know, like you said, as a fitness professional, mm-hmm. I know you have bad days, but I think it's like that bigger picture that those bad days don't define you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because man, I remember back in the day and so many clients that I've worked with up to this point, a bad day would just get me and other clients completely off track. Like it would just be the end for a while. It would be a week, like excessively on track, like almost too on track, followed by a month of nothing, you know, of completely off track. So finding that balance and not putting moral value on it. So not eating something and it being bad, not calling myself bad for doing that. Or whenever I took moral value away from it, I feel like that made a big difference as well. And just looked at each decision I was making as part of the wide spectrum, part of the big picture. I love that. I like, yeah, taking away the moral value. Like if you have a piece of cake or, you know, I know a lot of people like a big thing is like binging at night. That was my thing, Mm. you know, like take that more. That does not define who you are. Absolutely. I want to kind of just walk away. So you're, you're a fitness trainer, health coach. Tell me about like a client that is living that ultimate, like 
unhealthy lifestyle and they really just want to take the first steps towards change. Walk me through how you develop those achievable goals for your client. That is a really good question. I will always say setting maintainable goals is the path to success. Maintainable. And a big way that I get people on track is I break it down into activity goals. I always say the biggest okay. path to success is a series of maintainable habit or um, activity-based goals that you repeat day to day, week to week, month to month. So even to a degree, two different people that are on the same diet program, same exercise program, their bodies are going to react very differently. To a degree, Mm -hmm. we don't have full control over that. So setting a weight goal, body fat percentage goal for long term, that's great. But something that you do have full control of is your activities day to day. So I feel that kind of that checklist, that golden star with making accomplishments day to day is by setting activity goals. And I would usually put them in a certain caloric range. And I love that whenever I do that, it's not even so much when they hear that, I feel like their first thought is my trainer's going to try to get me to eat very little. And that's honestly, yeah, hasn't been the case. A lot of it's been making sure that they're eating enough to fuel their bodies to reach their goals for their body to do what they need it to do. So making sure that they're getting enough food, that's an activity goal. That's something they can strive to reach every day, making sure they're getting enough protein, making sure that they're getting Uh, or finding an exercise program that they really, truly enjoy and Mm -hmm. making it happen three to five days a week, whatever works best for them, looking at their schedule, helping them set a schedule. Uh, So make just getting that gold star. My goal today is to eat around this amount of calories, this amount of protein, get my workout in. I, I see the happiness whenever they're able to check it off. You know, and they're able to go from having no structure to a week to week, maintainable, doable structure. And they realize it hits them like, wow, I can do this. I don't hate this. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not like that big picture. Like it's not like so much. Like it's like, okay, take it step by step and get it in. One thing at a time. And it's crazy. I'll have people that are coming from challenges from other gyms where it would be just so extremely low calorie or here is Mm -hmm. a very short list of foods that you are allowed quote unquote to have putting major moral value on food and like must work out five to six days a week like major unrealistic things so they have a major not realistic expectation of themselves and a bad relationship with the process so I feel like whenever they come to me my first goal with them is to rebuild their idea of the process, like help them fall in love with this. It's something that's going to take repeating. So if you don't enjoy it, I realized that like, I have to get to know you and get to know what you are going to enjoy, what you are going to want to stick with, because if you don't like it, you're not going to do it. (laughs) I love how you talk about the process because I have found just through like my personal journey, my fitness, wellness journey, whatever you want to call it. Like I really say my happiness 
is the process, you know, of me working towards something. It's not accomplishing it. It's setting new goals and starting that process over. So it's like you just saying that, like that resonates so much. It's that process. And if you don't love it, you're not going to be motivated. You really, truly will not do it. So man, especially when I hear people and they'll bring their list of that gets me, (laughs) man, their list of foods that they were allowed to eat in past programs. I'm like, man, no wonder you gained the weight back or didn't stick with it or have a bad relationship with food now. Like that is a very small list (laughs) and no wonder you didn't enjoy that. It's got to be something enjoyable. Like I end up asking people like, what are your favorite fun foods? (laughs) Like, what do you enjoy eating? Let's make sure that you get those foods in. If pizza is your favorite and your family's having pizza, I want to make sure that you Know, eat how, yeah. know that you can eat pizza. Let's make yeah. that a priority in your journey to get some pizza in. <laughs> Very important. It's what you said. Like people can only do that for so long, whether it's six weeks or eight weeks or until the wedding day. And then all of a sudden it's nothing. You go from this extreme thing to nothing. That's why I say like diets do not Absolutely. work. It doesn't matter. They might work for those six weeks, but after that, that lifestyle is not sustainable. Really I want to just pick your brain because I get this question asked a lot and I only speak basically off of my own experience, mm-hmm. but people, I have found that people, like you said, like they're not eating enough. Like I will have someone that, that say, you know, I skip breakfast, I barely eat lunch. And then at like 8 p.m. I eat everything and anything, you know? So what do you, and I feel like that's like a common thing. So extremely common. Yeah. So walk me through like what you would tell a client as far as the meals that they can incorporate, like how many, because I know a lot of people just don't even know how to integrate that into their life. For sure. I always start with breakfast so old school that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But a lot of the reason night binging is the most common thing that I Mm -hmm. see. Having so few calories throughout the day, if you think about it, it just makes sense. You've had so few calories throughout the day. You've asked your body to do so much for you. You've asked your brain to do so much for you on next to zero fuel. Your Mm -hmm. body isn't is literally starving by the end of the day. It's feeling an excessive need for food. So a lot of it, I'll find out, I'll make a list of people's favorite breakfast style foods. And I'll try to give them some ideas of ways to implement that breakfast. And I'll just say, let's make this a priority to get your breakfast in. I know it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. We are major, major creatures of habit. So when we get Mm -hmm. out of the habit of having breakfast, Our body gets to where it just doesn't expect it anymore. So I say, let's get a little bit uncomfortable this week. We're going to eat breakfast every day. And then that gets your metabolism rolling. Once calories Mm -hmm. hit, you're going to start being hungrier throughout the day. And that scares people, but that's actually fantastic. You want to wake your metabolism up. You want your body to give hunger signals throughout the day. And you want to feed your body as it receives those hunger signals. Uh, cues. You don't want to wait for it to rapidly fire at the very end of the day. That's not how it's meant to be. As our body is moving and as we're asking our brain to work for us, that's when it needs to be fed. Very end of the day, your body and brain are done. So it doesn't need as much fuel at that point. But whenever you've 
starved it up to that point. So wake your metabolism up in the morning, get breakfast in. If it's not something you usually do, get yourself just a little bit uncomfortable for even a Mm -hmm. week. Your body can start to adapt to getting those calories in the morning and even pick. I always say if people have a hard time eating at a particular time, make something that you really, really enjoy. Make something that's going to make you excited to eat. Make your favorite breakfast. Make it a priority to wake up a little bit earlier and make something that is going to be super yummy. Yes. I love that. It's like, just go back to basics, you know, breakfast, water and eat, you know, it's sure. I mean, we've made it so complicated, like as a society, you know, but really it's just the basic stuff that you hear, like take care of yourself, get, get that sleep, get that water, get that breakfast, you know, just the basic stuff. I love that you said simple. I love that you said that because so many programs way overcomplicate. I look sometimes even when probably similar to you, I follow so many fitness pages and so many Mm -hmm. influencer types. Sometimes, man, when I hear about all these different programs that people are on, like, man, no wonder somebody who doesn't know, no wonder they kind of stray away from the fitness industry because it sounds so complicated or what am I supposed to believe? But a lot of it, like you said, it's really simple. Getting your water in, staying within a caloric range, making sure you're getting your protein in, making sure you're getting basic nutrients and moving your body. <laughs> That's yes. literally what it is. <laughs> it's it's really, it's the basics and taking it day by day. Um, this is another one that I get asked is, and this happened for my whole weight loss journey. The scale did not mm move for me. But I I like taking pictures, so I took those weak pictures oh, and I was you. able yeah, and I was able to see that pro- like my waist and just the differences that I don't see every day when I look at the mirror. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I'm so thankful I did because other way otherwise like the scale, I mean even to this day the scale drives me insane. So can you just give us like why is that? <laughs> so there is a very big difference between fat loss and weight loss. They are two very, very different things. As a human, we are made up of more, we are made up of more things than just fat and bone. We have muscle, Mm -hmm. we have organs, we have tissues, we have bone. All of that is taken into consideration on the scale. I always try to put that in my clients' minds. That number popping up is not just a representation of how much fat you're holding. And the whole Mm -hmm. muscle weighs more than fat to a degree that's true, to a degree it's not. And to the degree that it's not, fat just takes up less space or fat takes up more space than muscle. Muscle takes up less space than fat. So you're going to weigh the same, but you're going to be smaller if you are gaining muscle and losing fat. The number on the scale is going to be the exact same, but you are going to look different. Your body is going to be taking up less space by having muscle versus fat. Um, And especially as women, the way that we hold water, I know that's said Mm -hmm. a lot, but it's not just a cliche thing. It really truly is true. The way we hold water shows up (laughs) very loudly on the scale. So day to day, week to week, that number is going to look different just based on basic fluctuation of even just water. Uh, Even with uh, meal choices the night before, something that small, what you ate for dinner the night before could add two to three pounds on the scale the next morning. 
Like how silly is that? It's crazy how much like I I honestly I I stop weighing myself because uh-huh. I feel like I, I I'll just go insane. But like yeah, I'll fluctuate between five or six pounds. And I was just telling someone earlier today we were talking about like pre baby weight. I never I still have not gotten down from my pre baby weight. Mm. I think I'm like ten pounds away from it. But if I take a picture of like me even in high school compared to now with me like lifting weights and all that stuff. I am leaner, like I'm more defined, and I'm 10 pounds heavier, if not a little more on the scale. So that difference of muscle, fat, it's so different. For sure. Because like right now, I think I weigh more than I can – I think I weigh more right now than I can ever remember weighing. But just like you said, pictures side by side where I had minimal muscle and weighed Mm -hmm. a lot less – that means likely my fat content was higher and then yeah. no, no muscle tone. So a much tighter, more toned mm-hmm. physique will oftentimes mean more weight on the scale. And it's also different for different people. The way di- the way people hold weight is different. So for some people, right. the scale is going to go significantly down. And for someone else who got had a really similar transformation, the scale is going to go up. So overthinking it, you just really, truly can't. <laughs> We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. can't let yourself. It's so true. I just, okay. So I want to jump to something else because I feel like in this fitness space, you know, you've made this your career and I think like, um, and you work with clients and you have to motivate them. And in a sense, you have to be on, Mm. you know, and I almost feel like in my personal life, making something a job, sometimes feel like a job, even though it's my passion. How do you keep that passion going, you know, day by day with your clients? Yeah, I try. I I do agree that you have to be a degree on for them to feel the motivation coming through you. So I try to separate to a degree myself and my career, my journey, and my client's journey, I try to keep mm-hmm. myself a priority as well. And I lost that. I lost that for a while. And I gained, lost a bit of my muscle, gained quite a bit of fat, just got pretty mm-hmm. off track. Because I, I think I started to feel like the gym was too regular of a place. So yeah. motivating myself to go for my own workouts just was not happening anymore. I was talking to people about their nutrition nonstop. So motivating myself to focus on my nutrition, it just felt like overkill of the subject, yeah. you know, by the end of the day. It really helped when I separated myself from my clients and said, like, I want to succeed too. I really want my clients to succeed, but so do I. Like, I want to be fit. I want to reach my ultimate goals. I want to be happy. I want to get those endorphins. I want to get the positive effects of these foods. And I want to feel good. I want that positive relationship with food. So whenever I made my my own goals a priority, I felt a big shift 
like when I told myself, my clients matter, they matter a lot, but so do I. <laughs> like I have things yes. that I want to accomplish and I need to make myself a priority too. Yeah. This is like a common theme that I keep expressing this because I really, I found this out later in life, like after kids and stuff. Like if I'm not taking care of myself, I say it every episode, how the heck are you supposed to give your best self to your clients, to your family, to work, whatever it is. But Make yourself a priority and it's not a selfish thing. It's a must. Absolutely. Because now even I teach a lot of group training classes and there are times that I'll catch myself just almost passionately yelling at them because (laughs) it'll be a workout that I did earlier in the day and it made me feel so good. And now I'm training them doing it. I'm just like, I want you to feel the way that I felt. Like I felt so good. I want you guys to feel that. So whenever you're benefiting from the program, it makes you more motivated to make you want them to mo- to yes. feel that same emotion, that same high that you felt. Yes. It makes you better at your job. Yeah, I see that. Sure. That's that's kind of like me. So I've I started like just walking and it progressed to running. I did home workouts with my little ones. Now my kids are in school, so I joined like a very small gym. It, it's really uh-huh. fun. And I'm lifting heavy weights and I love oh, it. So yay. it's like it's like that. anyone who I know, I'm like, you have to come here. Like yes. I want them to feel the way I feel. I'm like, it starts your day good. Like anyone who knows me, like if I love you, I that even if I don't like you, I think I've invited you to the gym. Like <laughs> Yes. Oh, I love that. And same with food too. Because I just, I think back in the past of how I looked at food and the way that I look at it now, there are times that I'll finish a meal and I'm just like, I love how good I feel after eating this meal that would have made me upset with myself in the past. And now I'm looking at it and thinking about how well fueled I feel, how happy my taste buds are, how ready I am for that workout and how just healthy my relationship is with food. As a professional, I want to give as many people that same relationship with food as I can, that same high in the gym as I can. I love where I'm at right now. And that motivates me to want to get more people where I'm at because I'm loving just more of my relationship with the process. Like I want to get more people there and I wouldn't feel that way if I didn't take the time to get myself there. Yeah. And I think it's really important, you know, for the people listening, you as a professional and even me, like my journey is not over. It's a process that's never ending. And I think it's so important, like how you said, like you felt like you kind of fell off, you know, you Mm -hmm. needed to reevaluate your relationship with food and, you know, get back on track. So I want people who are listening to really understand that even a professional, like it is taking it day by day. It's not like you get to the end of the race and then it's over and that's it. Like it is a journey. It is a process. And that's what, that's what's so amazing about it. Absolutely. And like I even said before, something that helped me, I made a list of activity goals. God, if I could give anyone advice on <laughs> taking give on it this to journey, us. man, yeah. like this is it. Cause it's just so simple. So first off, stop overcomplicating it. Make a list of activity goals and mm-hmm. look over those activity goals and ask yourself, how confident am I that I can maintain these activity goals day to day, week to week, month to month. If your answer is not very confident, I'm very, very confident that I could do it, then scale it back and build up 
to that activity goal. Pick something smaller. If your goal is to work out five days a week and you currently work out none, then five (laughs) is a lot. Right. Like, I love the ambition. I love that, but that's much. So go for two. Go for two. Work up to five and have that list. Stick with it. If you ever start to not feel as confident with it, scale back a little bit, build back up to it, stick with those activity goals day to day, week to week. It's literally just like you said, a step-by-step process. If you stick with those activity goals, man, throughout the course of a year, oh my goodness, your body is going to thrive under that consistency. I love that. It's like, it's ultimately setting yourself up for success, you know, and that's like just small, simple goals building that foundation. And then it is amazing after, you know, what you can build upon over time. I love that. Absolutely. So tell me where we can find you on social media. I loved like picking your brain. I think you should be a oh, guest yay. like once a month. And oh, I love, <laughs> I love it. So my name, so I'm a major <laughs> extra little fact about me. I'm the biggest dog lover in the world, dog rescue activist. So my name on Instagram kind of reflects both of that. It's at unleashed underscore. Yeah. Underscore misfit in my SSFIT. So leash being for a dog. (laughs) I always try to combine. Those are my two passions, dogs and fitness. And I talk on there on my stories. The majority of what I talk about is habit building and showing day to day how I'm implementing my activity goals, which is my gallon of water, my calories, my protein and my workouts. Yeah. And just how simple it can be. (laughs) So simple. And I like, I know just my personal experience, it is about structure. It's about structure and routine. And I think like, that's like one of the first steps to evaluate it. Like what's going on with your structure and routine. And if you don't have any then now's the time to just implement it. For sure. And don't even overcomplicate it. Make yes. a small list of activity goals and you are going to be good to go. Just get that check mark on each one day to day, week to week. And it's insane. Make it an 80-20 thing. Yeah. If you're hitting those goals 80% of the time throughout a year, like you are going to accomplish so much. Yes, I love it. And it's so rewarding. Check it off and go to the next one. I love it. It's the best feeling ever. (laughs) Yes, it works on my seven-year-old and it (laughs) works on me too. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Ashley. And this has been another episode of Invest Your Best with Allie Kay. And I will see you next time. (laughs) 